Hello and welcome to the Counterpoint podcast. I'm your host Shubham Agarwal. Well, in the last episode, which was the first part of the discussion on mystery analysis, we had promised to come back and complete the discussion. So here we are in the second part of the series, uh, where we're going to discuss about the solutions that uh, Satya had presented in the last episode and understand them well in depth. So let's welcome Satya. Hi Satya, welcome to the Counterpoint podcast. uh we left it at the regression discontinuity analysis so why don't we start and pick it up from there itself so let me take a case here uh, to establish how powerful this methodology is so for example you know um people get scholarships right and i believe that let's say good scholarships lead to people pursuing higher studies if i show you data that hey guys all the people that i gave scholarships okay you know they most of them went for higher studies now that's a question for you does it establish causality ah oh, well maybe good students are studious in nature and they would have anyway pursued higher studies even without the scholarships right so very difficult to establish uh, causality and very difficult to do a randomized control trial just imagine it is unethical to do it by the way yeah it's like giving a group of people uh, good guys uh, scholarship another set of good guys don't give them scholarship and for next 5 6 years see what are, what is happening with them and the guys whom we have not given the scholarship they they you have messed up with their life permanently right so you can't do this rct right so very interesting is how do we then establish causality is the scholarship helpful or not so satya is it really making an impact or not i mean a parallel to this example would be various schemes that the organizations have for uh, high performing dealers or employees you know they usually have a cut off point around some business outcome and uh, the important causality question would be then is that uh, is the scheme motivating people to be high performers or the high performers are achieving it because of some other factors nothing to do with the scheme as such it's very important to understand whether it's working or not otherwise you try to create all these kind of uh, schemes and you are very scared to even withdraw it because you don't know the knowledge whether it's working or not so let us understand uh, how regression discontinuity helps in uh, establishing causality in these cases then So uh so there are two um people uh, social scientists who came up with a very interesting methodology there is a cut off mark yeah correct scholarships have a cut off point where the students uh, above that number get it and the ones below it don't so there is a cut off mark and what is the analysis they are saying that at the cut off mark very near to the cut off mark let's say the cut off mark is uh, let's say 90 percentage okay so all people above 90% will get the scholarship now at the point of cut off mark which is uh, let's say 89 and 91 now the difference between 89 and the student that is getting 91 the assumption is there is hardly any difference because the same guy over the next day if he gives a test there is a good chance that the 89 guy will keep 91 and the 91 guy will keep 89 right yeah so at the at the um, edge where the cut off or you know you have two sets of people who are equally likely to be on the either side right now just see the the brilliant idea behind it we have people who have equal chances of being on the either side we can say that they are nearly the same okay so what they are saying our control group is here only so at the edge between 89 to 90 let's say there are 50 students and between 90 to 91 there are 50 students okay 
So let's take the data of the 50 students who are the on the other side of the border who got the scholarship and the 50 students or let's say 60 odd students who didn't get the scholarship and they are equal in all other aspects. You know, those 50, I, I run the data after five years, I find out out of 50, you know, 49 pursued higher studies. And in the other case where people were between 89 to 90, you know, only two of them, uh, let's say, pursued higher studies. Then I can say, okay, a guy is there. Right. I think that's a very clever idea of choosing uh, your control groups, I think. But Satya, I guess this methodology can be used only when there is a cutoff point for applying a solution or, you know, giving treatment to a group like the schemes for high achievers. In fact, we did an analysis for a company and prove it to them that the so-called, uh, uh, they had something called super achievers club. And so we prove it to them that it's not working, right? And by, by doing a regression discontinuity analysis. So what about the other cases where we cannot apply the regression discontinuity analysis? So we use the other method, which is called the, the word interrupted time series, right? And it is nothing but trying to find out a before and after. Okay, it's, it's as good as the, on the x-axis you have a timeline and then in between there is an intervention. So you see a before and an after data. Okay, so for example, I, I implement, um, uh, let's say, drum buffer rope and the before data, the WIP is hovering around, uh, you know, 5% plus minus 5%. And just after the implementation of the drum buffer rope, within one week, I see it dropping by 40%. Okay. Okay. I can now reasonably say that, you know, the control group was the past data and I'm comparing with the time is used as a demarcation between the treatment group and the control group. So the past is the control group and the treated group is the, is the future. Okay. So the assumption is that when I have implemented something, it would still take some time to show its results. Is it? Yeah, you got to, yes, you got to know how, what is the time that will get to show results. Ah, so the demarcation line should capture this lag in results. But uh, I have a doubt. Just because the WIP has dropped by 40%, does this establish causality? You have to be very careful. You find out that there is some other intervention which has also happened in this time. Right. So you got to account for that. Okay. If there is something else which has happened, then you can't claim your solution led to that 40% drop. Maybe the other solution also had a contributing factor, right? Correct. There could be another case, no, where the WIP drop is in the realm of noise. Could be the fact that, you know, the WIP data fluctuated by plus minus 5%. And when you are seeing the data, the immediate two data points, you know, is showing a 5% drop. So Satya, why don't we take an example, uh, probably an example from the sales department where I think it's always difficult to establish causality. Yeah. So, so let's say I have thought of a very interesting idea uh, on the sales side. Okay. And I, I expect the sales to uh, go up. Okay. So now what I try to do is I, my control group is I try to look at, let's say last five uh, quarters. Okay. Month on month sales, apply the intervention. Okay. And I expect that after one month post the intervention, right, I see a sudden spike in sales, okay, which is, let's say, a 30% bump and it is staying at that level. So if I draw that trend line, I clearly see what is known as an interruption in my trend line. So the trend line was, you know, going a particular way and then I see a bump up or a bump down. Then I can claim that the intervention 
uh, you know really helped okay but there could be a lot of scenarios you know say it was the year end it was the year end and you know you see a bump at the year end correct correct so so it's very very important people can say many things here for example hey guys you know the before and the after that you are trying to establish here the way you are measuring things have changed number 1 number 2 you know the there is another intervention for example as you said year end effect okay uh, there could be um, things like uh, you know the the trend of the history right is almost the, the, the same trend if i try to extrapolate it it would have anyway followed that trend line that you are trying to show as again if i if i draw the trend line of the past into the future and i can extrapolate it and and it exactly falls on that trend line right right or or i can say boss is it is in the realm of noise what you are trying to show me as a result actual fluctuations is is almost at that level plus minus 10% aise hi to mera sales upar niche hota hai right what are you telling me it is 10% more right so these checks are very very important right okay so when we are only using uh, the past as a comparison we cannot always rule out all the three points uh, which are first is that the growth trend was always there then the measurement method has changed and the third is that some other external factor or intervention is working right so in case of wip numbers if the number is nearly static in the past and we established that uh, no other intervention was planned at the same time uh, a sudden drop in wip and a new level line is enough to establish causality from data but in the case of variable like sales there are many other things which are at play right so the numbers are growing year and year in specific trend uh, many interventions are planned in parallel and uh, the number is also uh, very noisy i would say so how do we know that a specific intervention helped or not to do that when we try to do before and after many times we have to establish another control group where we have to do a before and after hmm understood so suppose if i take a territory okay and i say in this territory i apply a, a before after result i take another territory which i claim is equal to the first territory in all aspects hmm and i do a before after there right because what we are trying to build is what would have happened if this uh, uh, you know the sales solution was not implemented mm, right right it is only with respect to that comparison we can establish uh, our causality or establish the power of our solution okay so that comparison of what would have happened if we had not done is either with the past right but many times the past and the future uh, you know there are other factors in the play yeah like the year end effect uh, caused the results to improve so i take another territory as for example you said year end effect right yeah year end effect should affect all the other territories are right correct true so i see that there is a bump uh, up because of the year end effect but this bump up is much higher than the bump up in the control group okay hmm the bump has also to be beyond the natural fluctuation of data uh, it should show a new trend so all other factors are remaining the same and i can claim that uh, you know the solution gave the intended uh, result right now starts the point when the results didn't come right because all this mystery analysis is all about that correct so uh, till now what we discussed is how to set it up okay i love the fact that there's so much you know there's so much uh, thought that has gone to just set it up right so this looks like a good enough method i would say satya if not a perfect method for establishing causality so now that we have set up a method to detect outcomes uh, of interventions 
the mystery can be now detected so what do we do next from here now so for mystery analysis i want to take an example of how difficult it was to establish does smoking lead to cancer or not you won't believe it took it was almost like almost a decade of conflict that smoking led to cancer people showed all kind of data saying that you know higher incidence of smoking has led to higher incidence of lung cancer but the tobacco lobby they came out with a interesting counter you know what was the counter they said that boss this is all correlations these are just associations so so what is the real reason they said that the real reason is that there is a a gene right which is a that gene if you have that gene you uh, you tend to have a risky uh, behavior uh, you you are you are susceptible to to cancer and you also are susceptible to smoke so they said that smoking does not lead, lead to cancer it is that gene which leads to smoking and also leads to cancer okay it's like it, it is like a common cause you know when was this uh, conflict uh, got resolved when was it unrefutably established when they they build a causality a ladder of causality which is more incremental for example they said smoking leads to deposition of tar okay and the tar causes cancer and they all these causation which is a incremental um, intermediate effect step by step yeah then to the step by step and so when they defined this incremental steps and they were unique that means this tar was caused only by uh, smoking and the tar also caused cancer so they established that tar causes cancer by doing experiments with with rat and uh, they could also establish that smoking led to deposition of tar now because of this unique intermediate effect which is coming only from smoking right and and the tar is also causing uh, the cancer itself so this was then established as an unrefutable cause uh, that smoking leads to cancer because it it created a unique effect okay so so picking up this um, knowledge how do we apply it in in case of uh, mystery analysis so what we try to do in mystery analysis is try to build those incremental steps okay of what we call as intermediate effects unique observable intermediate effects leading to the final effect so let me give an example yeah i lost you here i think so let's say i say this sales scheme will lead to higher sales let's say there is a dealer network and i give a fantastic scheme and the dealers uh, love the scheme and the sales should go up right okay now the sales didn't go up so in this case we can call it a mystery as the outcome did not really match the expectations yeah so what's very important is to is to establish the incremental uh, steps of outcomes leading to the final outcome okay okay we got to know what exactly happened in so what the only way we can find out what exactly happened is by building up things incrementally right right makes sense yeah yeah so incrementally what do we expect to happen before it reaches the sales jump so for example here let's say it's a very interesting scheme when you announce this interesting scheme in the market what should happen as a first step people should uh, buy more uh, no before buy more because that is led to sales so let's imagine this is a dealer network and you have to enroll into that program let's let's make that assumption right the first thing that you should see is the enrollment going up yeah okay yeah the enrollment first correct and and even before that the place that you are announcing that the enrollment has to go up there has to be attendance as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> so just think that i i try to see whether there was attendance or not right 
now the attendance came was there a enrollment or not percentage of people who enrolled as against a second territory let's say would also matter correct and you find out that your you find out that you have a flop show in the first step itself correct yeah something went wrong so now you you solve your mystery right now suppose you say no no people came in in the right numbers and everything and people enrolled but but you want to find out did the enrollment means who enrolled if the existing guys enrolled anyways they would have got the sales right so if you want the real pump up in enrollment you want to know whether the new dealers enrolled yeah whether the dormant dealers enrolled mm. so i expect a big jump of new dealers into the network i expect a big jump of dormant dealers to enroll right so i i want to see that happening right and then what do i expect to see that the first few orders from the dormant and the new dealers i want to see that right right because the normal dealers anyway would have come in right so then you find out okay these dormant dealers are they repeatedly placing orders or not so when you try to create these incremental steps of outcomes right you can find out at which step things went wrong hmm okay yeah. and if you understand and and that is where you got to have again check where did things go wrong and 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 you do a proper gamba in that area for example we find out that you know guys the dormant dealers didn't even come new dealers didn't even come okay so the what happened is the old dealers who anyway would have uh, you know joined this program with or without they are anyway giving you orders so they came on to the program and the sales that is why the sales bump didn't happen right right so now the the big mystery is why did the new dealers and the dormant dealers they didn't come on board you find out that there is something wrong in the scheme itself which is not attractive to pull those people right and and maybe or maybe there was a fault in communication so you check all that right and again here also you have to keep on falsifying all your hypothesis right you you start thinking what is the hypothesis you saying your communication was wrong so you saying okay but in that case the same guy communicated but a lot of people came in so maybe something is wrong in my in my scheme itself right so you start developing this hypothesis again taking the past data and invalidating it and then you finding out what is the real reason okay then you make the modification and and relaunch it that is how the learning happens right that is how mystery analysis happen it's it's a very what i say iterative process it's a very iterative process and you 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 go through something then two missteps and and go forward so this happens only when the solution uh, is being uh, is being tried out in a new area or or for that matter you are innovating right you are doing things for the first time so that's that's where it happens lovely i think uh, sada this is extremely extremely helpful i loved understanding the whole mystery analysis process and i would i don't know for the listeners or not but i would myself definitely use it more often now <laughs> great so one thing i want to put forward here is if they develop this entire uh, scientific process of uh, you know defining a problem defining the solution doing the practical implementation and then learning from it this is what a real learning organization is all about right so satya we're going to break here and i think uh, this is a very very interesting discussion that we have had once again apologize for having it after so long whenever we discuss something like this it's extremely helpful thank you so much and for all the listeners if you have any questions or concerns you can uh, shoot us the questions on our social media handles or you can write to us on our website as well the link is in the details until next time this is shubham signing off thank you satya once again